it is. Yeah, yeah. Steve, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Steve Spin, you're the only one. I'm the only one that was on time, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're the only Steve Spin. I am. The only one that matters. Uh, didn't always have that name either. What, what came before? So there was DJ Steve that I dropped. It's very uh, creative. When I started in high school, I was DJ Ice. Oh, now I like that. A, there was a million of those. That's sick. And I would have been made fun of by my peers <laughs> if I was still in DJ Ice. White Ice? My buddies from, yeah, my buddies <laughs> from Black Ice. Black Ice. Uh, tan Ice. <laughs> my buddies from high school still call me DJ Ice. It's funny. Um, one of my German friends calls me Icy Ice or oh, Icy Ice or something like that. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that you went with this one. That's better. Yep, yep. You uh, started really early, like I did before high school. Uh, ninth grade. So my uh, my my brother and I just always played radio station as a kid and as kids. And, what does that uh, mean? Uh, we would make these cassette tapes from radio shows or whatnot and splice all these tapes together. We didn't have air conditioning, so we would plug in our cassette player and put it out the window for, like, our six houses. that We lived out in the middle of nowhere, so we would, like, broadcast these uh, mixes wow. <laughs> out, to the, out to the neighbors. I'm sure they didn't appreciate them, but it was, it was cool. With, like, uh, boom boxes or something? Yeah, like our boom box. And then we even got our walkie-talkies out and, like, turned the channels to try to, like, play radio to see, like, if we would get any response back or whatnot. Like, we thought that far ahead. It's wild. Yeah, that, like, my earliest memories are doing that, like. And that was, like, playing the tapes that you'd recorded off the radio? Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the channels or, or any oh, of the jocks? B94 was huge. Um, Listen to, like, John Dave Bubba Shelley in the morning on the way to school. I remember that. They were still, they were still on back then. Uh, we had... I think Whammo was 106.7. And I think the first mix show DJ I ever heard was on there. And I, I'm pretty sure it was Nick Nice. Cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Nick yeah. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Legendary, yeah. right? Yeah. That dude is still doing shows. He is. I've seen, um, For sure. like, I, I think uh, QRX mentioned him. And so I looked him up and found a Facebook page. It was like, there was a flyer from Halloween. I was he, like, let's go. Yeah. He definitely has flyers. Um, and then I remember Sean Nice was still DJing. Uh, back then, and I'm friends with him now, which is crazy. Uh, my brother and I have a picture. It has to be from 1989. Uh, I don't even think I was in kindergarten yet. And in the background, it says, like, school dance for Halloween. We're in our Halloween costumes. And, like, behind the water fountain at Catholic school, it says DJ Sean Nice wow. on the flyer. It's it's in one of my albums at my parents' house. I actually have to put that online. And I've told him about it. <sighs> he said, way to make me feel old. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's heavy. Wow. So yeah. so the music was kind of in your blood. Do you remember the kinds of music you would have been playing out the window? Oh, I was uh, Janet Jackson, like the Rhythm Nation stuff was huge at that time. And um, it's a lot of the stuff I was honestly hearing at the skating rink. I was just trying to mimic whatever that guy was playing as we always went to the skating rink as kids. Roller skates. Yes. Not not blades yet. Not blades yet. No. Yeah. And they they didn't allow roller blades at the no, roller none skating of my rinks, roller rink skating even when they dropped. Blades. Right. Uh, I I was probably closer to junior high, and I remember like blades started to get popular, and the one rink did allow them, so I could I could wear them. You used to do more like roller hockey. That would be like or like uh, inline hockey. That would be like the. 
I played some pickup hockey here and there, yeah. like high school, college, but I was mostly a soccer guy. And then uh, when I moved, went to high school, my, my high school didn't have a soccer team because my school is so small. So they talked me into playing football. And I was like, all I want to do is punt and kick. I don't want to do anything else. But, right. you know, like a small school like that, you have to do everything else. So uh, my body probably isn't forgiving me for that. I wish I would have stuck to soccer. That's why you can't carry gear anymore? Like, yeah, my back sucks. It's the inflammatory diet, man. I've talked about this a lot. I talked about it. They interviewed me on Anybody Can Do This podcast. But my my feeling is that all of the inflammation in our diet and in all the products we use, think about this is how we brush our teeth. So in order to clean our teeth, we take plastic yeah. and we make little micro abrasions in our gums and then enter fluoride intentionally into our bloodstream by making breaks in the bloodstream in the in the mucous membranes with microplastics. Oh yeah. Doesn't, doesn't take much. Yeah. That's that's how people clean their teeth in America. Anything that anything with a microscope can get in any microscopic hole in your body. So wow. common sense would tell us that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um yeah officially man. officially so, DJing though. Yeah, yeah. So what? So what kind of got you so, past away from the jocks? Like what? What took you away from the jocks towards the music world? I never got away from it. So my brother graduated four years ahead of me, and uh, academics were not his strong suit. I hope he's not listening to this. But uh, so he decided, I'm just going to go get a job, and I'll save up my graduation money, and we're going to pull the trigger. I'm going to go, and I'm going to buy DJ gear. So, um, it was my freshman year. He was a year graduated at that point. This is when school first started that year. Um, I had a football game Friday night and I remember getting home and saying, Hey, I just went to this place and I bought DJ gear and my friend was a cheerleading sponsor and they didn't have a DJ for the dance after the game that night. And my brother just bought gear. We'll do it. Wow. I think it was like 50 bucks. So I didn't play as a freshman. I was basically standing on the sidelines, um, caught home from school, loaded up my mom's car with the gear, went in the cafeteria, set it all up, got dressed for the football game, went out and stood for three hours or whatnot, hurried up and just ran in the locker room and just threw my uh, football gear off. And then by then, the high school dance was starting after the football game. What What is a cheerleading sponsor? So this would be... Uh, the person who puts together all the high school cheerleading routines and does fundraising. So as a fundraiser to raise money for the cheerleaders, they would sponsor the high school dances after the football games. This is the first gig. I wonder what the, the setup was like for that. So this was, um, you're going to laugh. I actually saw Alex Rivera still using these speakers that we bought 25 years ago. The same exact pair? Say, well, I'm trying for him to convince me otherwise that they're not it. But I think another buddy of ours still has the old speakers, but they're the exact model. And wow. it's they're I don't know if anybody would stop them. They're these vinyl coated JBL 15 inch subs that you need to still plug into an amp. They're not self-powered or anything like that. Wow. They were they were heavy as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like a wooden vinyl covered cabinet. Do you remember blowing the um, breakers? With those? We did not. No, no. I used to do that all the time, though. When, when I, I used, would go do house parties and things and just like, oh, flip it back over. When we used, uh, when we used to like, so with these school dances, I was also an AV club. So I would borrow the school speakers and we would link all that together. So they were these big B-52 PV carpeted deals that I, I know they weighed like 90 pounds because it took two of us to carry one. So we would like carry these things like 
three floors down the school into the cafeteria like Friday afternoon before we DJ dance. What, so. like, what did you, what were your goals? Like, why, why were you interested in, in playing music for people or like what? I have no idea. I just, that's like one thing I just always loved doing was like, I hear these songs I like and I'm like, okay, I just got to play this song somewhere. And my dad was a drummer growing up, but I didn't see a whole lot of it because by the time that he had us and we were old enough to remember, like he was selling his drum set and working in the coal mine. So like, I, I don't know that I've ever seen him drum. I've heard one of his records at one point, uh, as he started when he was in high school too. So I don't know if it's just like <laughs> hereditary that you have this just knack and I just knew what songs sounded good together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what mine did he work in? Uh, so he was at a mine called Maple Creek, which was somewhere between Washington and Allegheny County, like along the Monongahela river. Wild. Yeah. You've had some jobs outside of DJing too. Uh, yeah. Still uh, do. Still do. Still work full-time as a teacher and full-time as a DJ and um, spend a lot of time on the remix production side as well. So And full-time and as a full, dad. Full-time Don't dad, full-time husband. Yeah, it's, <laughs> what yeah. are you doing, man? <laughs> uh, not sleeping. <laughs> so just like every waking moment, you're just boom, boom, boom. And, and that's all I've ever been used to is running around. So A lot of DJs that come on here will tell me the story that if they manage to get away from the club, if they manage to get into corporate gigs and weddings that they don't need the J-O, that they're able to skip the nine to five. I don't need to do it. That's, that's the nice part It's that I still want to do it. Um, if let's say a friend will call me and say, Hey, uh, would you want to come play with me for an hour and a half? I don't even care if I would get paid for that night. You know what I mean? It's still just fun. I still do stuff like that. Um, just love it, man. Just love it. How does it change your approach, though, if it's not your primary income source? Ha has it ever been your primary in income source? Uh, I would say in high school, I was always one that had money to spend and didn't have to borrow money from mom. And I didn't work another job till I got to college. So all through high school, uh, paid for my own car, clothes, whatever. I think we had like a track phone back then. There wasn't cell phone bills. So you know how it goes. You had the big ass Nokia. The brick. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always had like spending cash, but I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was putting money away for anything. And then, uh, went to college right after. Um, that's the one regret I have. Uh, when I went to college, my mom was like, okay, I'll help you pay for a new car or you could stay at college. And I was like, well, I need to get to work and all this stuff. So I was like the car, but if I would have stayed at college, I think I would have DJed at college more. And that might've led to different things, but I would say it turned out all right. Oh, interesting. But, so yeah. you, you basically like got an associates and then left college. No, or? I never, no, I was, uh, all my bachelors and then, uh, got hired a year and a half teaching right out of college. So I was still young. I was 22. So, so you mean that you didn't live I didn't at college? Live you didn't college. live in I the commuted. dorms. No, yeah, I commuted. you were a commuter because your mom made yes, you choose yes. between living in the dorms and getting you a car. Correct. And you wonder about if you lived in the dorms, what kind of connections you would have made, how you, yeah. how you would have been looped in. What college was this? California, California. University of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I remember an amazing gig Bonix took me to one time out in California, Pennsylvania. It was a wedding, 
where they had so much money that they put glass over the swimming pool. Oh, wow. And people were walking across it while they had these big, beautiful colored balloons that were floating in the air at various levels. They had sushi and... Was this like right on the river? It wasn't the Nemecolon Castle like towards there, was it? I think it was a private residence, okay. but the um, I do remember hearing the sound of the river a bit as Bonnix played his first record, which was Cool in the Gang, Summer Madness. Oh, that's a good choice. In the summer, California, Pennsylvania, yeah. it's just starting to get like dark and it's, you know, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. And you can just feel it drop just a couple degrees cooler. And when you're, when you're at that place, it doesn't feel like you forget you're, you're in southwestern Pennsylvania for a minute, right? It felt like L.A., man. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like if it could have been John Muir Woods. And um, I just uh, got back from L.A. this uh, like this weekend. I got, I flew back on the red eye Monday morning. Was that work or, uh, met my, met my niece for the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Man, my, my sibling lane has a daughter. Okay. Um, who was, who's about to turn one this month. And I'm like, it's time. Like it was kind of like when I went to Europe, I was about to turn 30 and I'd never been to Paris. I'd never been to Berlin and I'd never been to London. I was like, I'm just going to go like, I don't fuck it. Like I don't yeah. need people. I don't need anyone. All I need yeah. is a plane ticket and I'm good. And, um, this is the same kind of deal. Cause like, I didn't need a hotel. I have people like, yeah. And, and I learned so much about so much. Like, first of all, I came back with this unbelievable sense of gratitude for Pittsburgh, for where I live. So we don't have homelessness. We don't have, uh, poverty. We don't have crime. We don't have, um, congestion. We don't have traffic. Like all of the things that are insane and unlivable and crazy about a big city, we yeah. just don't have any of them. Yeah. Like this is an idyllic place to live. And no matter where you go, there's no better sight than when you pull through the Fort Pitt tunnel and you see that city just bounce at you, right? Unbelievable. It's incredible. It's a city with a door. Yeah. That skyline is just incredible. Which I get to see every morning. Yeah. How blessed. No, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's not my favorite part of my commute. When I'm driving towards Oakland... And I cut along the Mon and the sun, if you can see a little bit of the sun rise as it's kind of like bouncing off the Monongahela, just as I'm getting into Oakland along 376, that's my favorite part of the commute. I've seen the sun rise on the way out of the city before for many years, but I used to, uh, you know, you're a single guy and you're, <laughs> you're hanging out like with, we used to hang out at this, with the security guys till like four in the morning, just drinking beers and no one would care. Like everybody was at the bar or club cleaning up and- uh. That's something I think has gone away too. Everybody like wants to turn the lights on at 10 till two and, and go home 10 years ago in the city. It wasn't like that. Like the whole staff, just like, it was like a big family. And like those people I still talk to today. Yeah. I'm trying so to, it's a little different. I'm trying to think about those like barroom nights, matrix nights, um, like my real like club going days, which would have been, you know, 2007 yeah. to 2010 or something with, um, you know, strobe at, um, Strobe at uh, Firehouse, Bonix at Barroom, um, maybe Dave at various spots. Um, but like, I usually took off before too, to be honest. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I usually had somewhere to be, you know? Oh, I always do too. And I lived an hour and 10 minutes south of here Jesus. at that point. So, but don't you think that that would have been a bigger impact on like which way your career went than whether or not you stayed at college or not? Uh, maybe. Maybe if I started up, you're asking if I started in, in the city earlier. Yeah. Like moving to shady side, moving downtown, moving to the East end, like never had any interest, 
Never had any interest. I, I never minded that, like, that drive. I would always, it gives me time to, like, either listen to new music or um, I listened to a lot of Howard Stern after he moved to Sirius in 2006. So, and it was on demand. So I always, you know, it's, it's that's my time to listen to whatever I was listening to. You appreciate so it a little? Never, yeah, I never, I never minded that commute at all. Totally. I have a 25 minute commute, uh, like, to downtown now. So, which isn't, it doesn't seem that bad to me. Money. Yeah. 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 I love being close to downtown. I think that was the thing that I learned about living over here is, uh, you know, all of the kind of interesting things about the downtown area. I I had never really been connected like that, even though I was living in Oakland for four years. I never, we never went unless it was like football game. And then it was straight up to the north side. Yeah. My parents sucked driving in Pittsburgh. So the fact that my brother and I know how to navigate 50 ways to Sunday, like out of this, in and out of the city, if there's. Uh, a detour or something is just unreal to me because they were terrible. I don't know where I learned, I guess coming to the Penguins games when they sucked back in the early two thousands, I guess that, that was probably my, uh, this, I learned to drive this was before they got Crosby. This is and before y- Crosby. This is between Crosby and, and Yager. Yager. There was like a, there's a little dark period, period where there. they were bad. So Lemieux was like nineties. Lemieux came back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. To play with Sid. That's crazy. They were not good. They were they But were that's terrible, what we're doing yeah. now, right? Is we're doing this kind of like um like uh old old fogies like reunion tour, just like letting the old men out there on the fourth line and well, that team hoping that, for the best. Well when 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 Sid came up, that, that team I felt like I grew up with because those guys are the same age as us. So I felt like I grew up with that team. So when they <laughs> won in 09, I was like, yeah. that's my team. Those are my guys. We I followed them when they sucked their first three years in the league. Yeah. Now ticket prices have skyrocketed. And do you ever get to rock a game with Pete? I did not yet. I just saw him Saturday night though. He should put you in, man. You're like a super it. fan, penguin, super fan. Uh, you come on time. I know that <laughs> firsthand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually early. So um, Pete did hook me up, uh, with a sweet gig. Um, he, we did, uh, Afghani Malkin's charity game at RMU. Dope. Uh, this past fall. And it was super sick. That's really cool. Um, sports at work. If you, if you talk to Dave or Pete, it's just your fingers on the trigger at all times. You're really just, I used to play some corporate yeah. joints for like uh pirates. I, I yeah. still get some emails from like the PNC people. Like when I was here, I would get some yeah. work and then Pitt, like Pitt put me in a couple of times. I was like, um, you know, Pitt day of service or whatever the hell it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like I played a few joints for them when I was like heavy in the yeah. radio game. So I played a couple, like when I was in high school, I was the announcer of the basketball games. I was doing the Oof. Yeah. So yeah. like pregame mix, I would cut the pregame mix, which I still do for like people that hit me up today. Like my cousin's a head coach for a basketball team. She hits me up for a mix. Like my one buddy, oh, he's a lacrosse coach, hits me up for a mix. So yeah, I do yeah, a bunch yeah. of those and no one ever knows that I don't put my tag or anything in them. Nobody, nobody even knows it's me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, don't tell anybody that I do this. <laughs> well, it's worth talking about the mixes yeah. though, because I, you know, that's actually one of the reasons I feel like I stayed in touch with your career over the last decade plus is because yep. you were doing these running mixes, which yep. were amazing. And then you did like, um, you do a lot of edit, edit work too. Yeah. So I got out of that for a long time. And then, um, so back in 2008 or seven, maybe even before then, um, I linked up with, I don't know if you ever met Ben McMillan or not. So no. he was a radio DJ. Um, for the station I ended up working for in Morgantown, West Virginia, WVAQ. Um, 
And he was one of the first guys that I met that was making these edits. When I started DJing, I was very naive. I thought these guys were like making these funky mixes live. I thought they were putting all these effects in yeah. and these beats behind live. They were all edits. I didn't know. So when I met him and saw how he was doing that, he kind of sat down with me, worked on Sony Acid and kind of taught me the basics. Um, I always knew like the counts and things and how to hit and what sounded good and what didn't sound good and how to keep things on key. Um, so then in 2010, like just by dumb luck, um, uh, Crooklyn clan opened this crack for DJs. It was kind of like That's right. a B list record pool for, uh, young DJs to come in and like try to sell records. And then they would have like a contest. Whoever would get the most went to Crooklyn clan. So I, um, submitted, God only knows what mix. I think it was like um, Billy Jean and Temptations or something. And I remember getting a, um, an email back from Danny Diggs. He was like, this is really good. Can you make pop stuff too? Send me like two other things. I forget what the other two are. And he's like, okay, here's how this works. And sent me a rundown. And back then we were getting like royalty checks from them. So they were paying. It's so wild, dude. Like it's yeah. so wild that DJs were getting royalties yeah. so from the music. The composer can't get royalty no checks now. So that's what we were like. I was going to talk about it's this. Crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. Tell me wild. how that works. Yeah. So you submit if someone, uh, the only way you're getting money, money, um, is if you're a big name and you're getting paid from like, if somebody subscribes on your Patreon. So, um, and then like uh, Nick bike is one that Nick I've, I've been very tempted to pay yes. for his Patreon. And then like these, I love his mixes, but I'm just like, I don't know if I have, what is it? Seven, $10 a month. Yeah. Just to throw at that. Cause uh, it just starts adding up. Right. Unless yeah. you're like a real working DJ and, and you're actually making and the amount of con and the amount of content you have to release. Um, I don't want to feel obligated to do that. Like I want to do stuff, not because I feel like, Oh, this guy's paying me $10 a month. I want to make sure he's getting his money worth. You know, yeah, um, yeah, I would yeah. feel bad if I just don't have the time. So, um, when I put out stuff, it's meaningful and things that I think people could play or a useful tool that I'll share. So you're not contractually obligated with any of the pools anymore? No. Were you at some point? Uh, yes. Which one? Crack for DJ was yeah. like, we, we were not allowed to release anything else through anyone else. Yeah. So, so what was the was contract? Site, like what, what did they need? Like what were their expectations and what did you get out of it? Uh, Royalty checks from anywhere from hundreds of dollars to I know a couple guys that were getting a thousand dollars a week at that point if they were a top seller. Um, one of the top sellers for crack for DJs went to Crooklyn Clan and he is he's our he's probably our top seller for HMC now. Beatbreaker, yeah, yeah, he's huge, amazing. So he was at it like back then too. Yeah, discotech Beatbreaker. I love C flow. Do you, do you play C flows edits? I love C flows edits so because good. I would make like these little two minute edits on my own. Yep. And then he put out these edit packs and I didn't have to. So the amount of work that he <laughs> saves every DJ. Crazy, and if you right? go through any DJ's crates, you're going to find C flow edits. He, he like makes he makes edits the way I DJ. So like, I, I don't really care for the third verse unless it's really amazing. And then it needs to be the second verse. I don't even know what those verses sound like a lot of the times. Exactly. I mean, but he'll actually take that third verse if it's dope, if it's yeah. better than the first or second, and he'll put it in there. So you only get two verses, but they're the right two verses. And then it hits you with the hook and it's that, done. That's that's a big thing with like your, the programming with DJs too. So not only programming which song to play, if I'm playing a song a different way than somebody else is playing it, I could think of like Fergalicious coming in on a different hook or something like if you hit like... Hey, check it out. 
and you hit that baby, baby, baby. You know what I mean? Oh, the bridge. So, yeah, you hit the bridge first. No one else Mix like, into the plays bridge. it like that. They play it from the hook or the chorus first edit or, you know. So just playing songs a different way, uh, trying to sound different. The best one I ever, the best example of that I have is from actually Ava Lounge. I saw Static Selecta at Ava. Nice. And he was, um, he, it, it was during the, n-word in paris moment <laughs> and he brought it in on the bridge which is just the dubstep breakdown yeah. nugget nugget made an edit of that yeah but That's he he yeah. did it live and yeah. it was mind-blowing yeah i i remember uh the the first time i feel like i heard those dubstep sounds those wobbles was like britney spears uh the world what, what what record was that? Till the world ends. Yeah, till yeah, the world yeah, ends. Yeah. Right. There was these breakdowns. Yeah, and then um, Will I Am started putting out that the end album. I think it was, mm. and that whole album was just geared to DJs. It was like I think I'm a B. I'm like who? What other group was putting out a transition record from like ninety two to one twenty two? He got it. Like he gets it. <sighs> that that's he crazy. That's crazy to think about, right? Are, what other records are like that? That kind of are transitions within themselves. There's a few. I'm thinking about one, like Aretha Franklin record. Um, I have a bunch of copies. Put me on the spot. It's, it's like uh, raindrops or windows or some some shit. But yeah, I'll put it in the notes. But yeah, there's cool. a few of them in there. Yeah, it's just, it, it's just crazy. But yeah, like the common goal with, with making edits and things, especially releasing them, like you could send them to all your buddies, which I do. I have a little email chain or send them to the boys and say, Hey, play this. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Thanks for sending me those. Yeah, no problem. Way. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate so it. like, um, some jams. I don't want to travel all the time, but I do want to travel a little bit. So sending them, sharing to the right. those edits, sending the right people, the, the right people will eventually hear them. If I think they're good. Yeah. I think mailing list, like I want to do it the way Seaflow does it. I want like yeah. a, a really strong mailing list with, even if it's just a hundred people that actually read my email. Yeah. I don't care if it's a thousand. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be ten thousand. Just like a hundred amazing emails. We're just so trained though to have this immediate feedback. So when you're sending these like um, sending these mail chains, you're not getting that. So Dude, you're just I sitting do. waiting, waiting, waiting. It's crazy. I got it today. I put out a yeah, newsletter yeah. today and got four responses yeah. within an hour. Hey, this is dope. Thanks for writing. Hey, like actual real yeah. responses. Way more feedback than I get on yeah, Instagram. It's wild. So to me, it's actually gone the other direction. Like we're going away from this totally impersonal thing where we have no control, where the algorithm determines what kind of feedback we get, where we get shadow ba banned for not posting a selfie every day and putting it up on the damn timeline. Yeah. And we're, we're going to this we control it place, which is Discord, which is Patreon, like you mentioned, yes. email newsletters, and oftentimes Dropbox. And like, that's where I feel like things are going. It's, it's like we're going back in time. Because I remember like dudes on the hollerboard. If you're ever on there, like of white, course, white yeah. folks get drunk, these blog house. Amazing. Which is why I still love blog house. Yeah. Did you do, that did you do the yeah. blog house mix? Yeah. Yeah. Blog house yeah that mix. was great. I wanted to do it forever. It reminded me a lot. It was Uffy on there. There's oh, like a lot yeah, of those. It was just all and that. Lady Gaga. Crooker, and Crookers and Fred Falk. And I think I put a couple of fashions mixes on there that I loved. Um, who was the dude, the rapper who used to hang with those guys? Like at Pace Hollywood. Rock. Spank Rock. Spank Rock. Yeah. Mickey maybe. Avalon. Put the pussy on me. Put the pussy on me. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So many records. And they're back, like, you could play this right now, and they'll hit. Oh, dude, can you imagine my dick? Yeah. Mickey Avalon right now? Yeah. 
Boom. June doom. I mean, like B-more club has turned into like is like Jersey club now. And every single hit is Jersey club. Like the place. Meaning like you, you feel like the sound of pop music right now sounds the like sound Jersey of, club. The sound of hip hop and pop music is turning into Jersey club. Nicki Minaj, what everybody was dropping that everybody, which samples uh, that everybody move your feet. Uh, oh, I can't think, not Cassius. Oh uh, man, it put me on the spot. Anyway, she samples this early 2000s dance track. It's it's what everybody was dropping at midnight this year. Whoa. It's now a Jersey Club record. Um, I don't know this one, yeah. but I know I want to rock. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, that's a good example. Da Baby, Shake right? Something. Like all these songs are just like these 150 just bangers where people just jump. I think Jump Up is the sound of electronic music right now. So Hard Style and Jump Up have become the sound of electronic music. So for hip hop, the equivalent like we already had our trap moment where yeah. it was like, you know, super slow. And now we want something fast too. Right. I think this is going to be a big year for hip hop. Actually. It can't get any worse than it was last year. I don't think one song made number. Was it wasn't last year? Was yeah, it 2020? Not a single two, number not one. Single, was it 2023? Well, all we need is we need uh, Kanye to drop vultures and we're good. Let's go. Never happening. Think it's gonna drop. I think a lot of people think, you think that's he's a, gonna yawn to I, us. I think a lot of people he think that's a fake. I think that a lot of people think that's a fake AI album. I don't think people think it's real. Oh, we heard snippets, man. There yeah, were like yeah. three, four snippets. Yeah, I could put out a snippet too, like and say it's Kanye. No, it was Kanye standing in front of Yes Jules playing <laughs> snippets off the album with Ty Dolla Sign. I got you. He even got a tattoo. He got the the. Money sign, like the dollar sign so with the hold, yen sign. What would hold you back? What What do you wait on? Do you wait for a sound to change? No, his thing has always been like, because of his mental illness, because of his like bipolar, I think it never quite sounds right. So he'll continually release new and newer and newer versions. Like he's always tinkering with it until the release date. And even after the release date, he'll put out newer versions. Of I guess, shit. I suppose that's part of his genius. Who am I to say that he's doing it wrong? He's a, you know, he's a genius. It's annoying as fuck as a fan. Yeah, I'll tell but, that. I'll but like say that. Someone who like, <laughs> someone who dabbles, <laughs> keep it simple. Every idea that ever like hit or got popular or anything that somebody's playing is something simple. Something that I spend these hours or days on, it just I'm I'm done with it. <laughs> so true. I'm thinking about um licensed ill. Um I just listened to that record again, like the the simplicity of that record and just how it's just a guitar, a voice, and a set of drums. It's just unbelievably refreshing. And then I listen to the music from all the different people that send me their shit that are trying to blow up. It's like you layered four different drums, like you layered four yeah. different guitars, four different vocals, and I can't even tell what I'm hearing right now. I mean, it's just noise. Yeah. Well, everybody's listening to it through a pair of AirPods, so it doesn't matter. But when you visualize these, <laughs> If you're lucky, yeah, the you MacBook speakers. Like. So when you visualize <laughs> these songs, like if I loaded a song from License to Ill and I'm looking at a waveform, which is uh, basically a seismograph, it's just flat. And if you just open any song in the past 10 years, there's just peaks mm. and valleys. And some of them are, are just one straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sausage. Block. Yeah. Com that's it's the huge. compression, the overcompression yeah. over is taking huge, place. Yeah. yeah. Limiting, limiting and compression. But speaking of beasties, have you heard Joey Valance and Bray? They're these two kids and uh, Nugget actually put me on to them. They went to Penn State 
I want to say they're from New York, but they're putting out these Beastie Boys style records and just super dope. Incredible. I love it. There's a yeah, couple yeah. British guys who I like. I can't remember their name, but I'll put it in the notes. We're like old British dudes who rap on Instagram. Nice. I'm a pretty big fan. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get cool. fancy with it. Um, what do you teach, man? Tell me so, about, I want to talk about all the different like JOs, like the, the nine to fives. Yeah. So like every, everything I've seemed to have done in my life has led to stuff that happens now. So like the school I teach at before I even thought about being a teacher, they were hiring me to DJ their dances. And like the kids that went to that school, it was like a neighboring district to where I went to high school. They were like hiring me to play their sweet 16s. Like when I was in high school. So wild, I was getting paid from that district before I was even thought about teaching for there. So I teach fifth graders, science, social studies. Uh, and then I have a sixth grade AV club where I get to like teach some audio. So I get to share that with them. Oh, cool. Um, and then, uh, do a, like a morning news segment with them, some video editing, things like that. Amazing. So for, for like a small single A school, it's unheard of. So these kids like, they're growing up with like with like this second hand now. So I get them in front of the green screen, tell them like how to troubleshoot mics. I do need to get teach them to rap chords though, so I don't have to do that. So I just take my bag in like at the end of season, you know. And so I was just thinking about how good cool. DJs are at rapping their Christmas lights. <laughs> mm. I hate it. Listen, I got home from a, a I was DJing out of town. I got home and my wife had the Christmas lights up this year. I was like, thank you, God. I remember pulling to the house. It was like, it was night and the lights were on. It was great. <laughs> you you didn't do your own lights this year? I did not do my own lights wow. this year. I did help through the tree because it was heavy ass tree and I got to carry it out of the, out of storage, but. Yeah, yeah. You do fake not. too? Fake, yeah. Yeah, we're fake treers. I think um, we're in the process of like kind of looking for another spot. So maybe, uh, maybe the next house. You're going to do uh, shady side, right? Lawrenceville? No, I'm, 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 we're probably going to stay. No, we're probably going to stay in the same area we are in now. I know. I'm kind of like South Hills. I know. I yeah, know you're, you're trying to talk coming. me into it. You're not coming. I'm not coming. You don't like it. I love visiting, and I also <laughs> like leaving. I'm f I'm close enough where I can get there and back, and I'm far enough away where it's quiet and no one bugs me. So it's incredible. The, yeah. the quiet out here. Like I've never lived anywhere where it's so quiet while I sleep. It's yeah. unbelievable. If you have a set of blackout curtains. And you can just live somewhere like this where it's silent. Well, God, before before a incredible. kid, I was a big daytime napper. So the, and now she's done napping at age six. So I'm probably I'm done napping. Other than like, if I have to work on a Friday night, I get home from school and I do try to lay down for a couple hours. But that works. Do you um, have turntables for them in the AV club? I do not yet. That's on my list. I just got the studio last year. Oh, dope. All right. You should get so, him a controller, right? That's what everybody yeah, uses I now. Probably, I would probably, I would actually, I have extra techs around the house. Yeah, yeah. I would take in a stack of vinyls I don't care about and let them, let them dabble. They don't want to do that with they needles. Do. Come Dude, on. it's back in. <laughs> they love it. Come These on. kids are buying records at Target. The These kids are buying vinyl. Taylor brought it back. Yeah. It's huge. There's, she saved the vinyl industry. Kanye saved her yeah, career yeah. and she saved the vinyl industry. <laughs> Yeah. I like Taylor Swift. I don't mind. I've been to a couple concerts. Wow. I've been to a couple concerts. No, wow. be no beer line. No men's bathroom line. <laughs> you should uh, <laughs> tell my wife. She'll be really impressed to hear about it. I interviewed oh, yeah. this guy named Sykes. He's, um, he actually runs probably the biggest music podcast in Pittsburgh. 
and he has a DJ company with 20 employees. Wow. Throwing parties all across the country. He has a party. He has like between four and six parties every weekend. That's crazy. How do you manage that from one spot? Do you have... Because they're all high school and college DJs. Got you. That aren't DJs playing themed parties. It's a Taylor Uh, Swift and Emo Nights. They just had that in Pittsburgh, right? Oh, he has them all the time. Okay. He has them all the time. Got you. Because it's huge. And I went on this other podcast that anybody can do this podcast and railed against it. Because for me, it's like, dude, like, what about all my friends? Like, what about Steve? I guess you've got a nine to five, but what about like my other friends who, who don't, who, who want to work and actually put in 10,000 hours learning how to DJ? Shouldn't, shouldn't they be booked? Like when I go out to dance, shouldn't I be looking for a name on the flyer? Why can't we just look for a name on the flyer? Why can we ask, you know, when we go to book our bottle service, who's DJing? Because they don't even put a name anymore. They don't even have a DJ listed because they don't give a shit and nobody else cares. No. All they want is, you know, this list of 10 songs, 20 songs. Who cares how it's mixed? They don't have the ear for it. I DJing still, is dead. I still think cities are regional, though. If I would, let's say I'd go to Tampa next weekend, I wouldn't be able to play the same set I play here. So it's, it's different. Interesting. Tell yeah. me more. Uh, so everybody's got this local scene. I think we're very fortunate in Pittsburgh to have, like, I can't play. I could play Mac now. I couldn't play Mac five years ago, Mac in Tampa, Florida, and it go over. I could play the spins now in Tampa and it would be okay. But music's still regional. Um, Vegas is always going to be Vegas. What's Vegas? <laughs> Big, big. They're still in the big room. I think they might yeah. be transitioning now yeah. into something new. I don't know what that something new is. Whether it's weed lounges, and if that's the case, I think you're going to see a resurgence in um, what's getting big in the lounges now. Like in Pittsburgh, we're playing like ninety percent of my gigs. We're not in big clubs anymore. We have what three big three nightclub nightclubs in Pittsburgh. Avalon's back, baby. Avalon's back. Let's go, uh, Diesel. Yeah. Long live Diesel. Long live Diesel. <laughs> 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 I miss Diesel. I like the decor best in Diesel. That was the best the place looked. I love the chrome. <laughs> What's the what? What is that hammered steel plate called? Like what is that stuff? I don't know. They had the whole, toolbox. Yeah, they had the whole club decked out in that like grippy steel. Whatever WWE little... uses for their wrestling ring stairs, that's what it was. Galvanized. Tool chest. <laughs> the whole club. If they had craftsmen. Fucking tool they had craftsmen put on it. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to try again. Yeah. I guess. And then there's the spot that was racks in the south side. Yeah. The old venue that's uh, called Enclave, Enclave now. Cavo. And Cavo in the strip. And what and, else is there? That's yeah, it. You, yeah. You can, you could like look at flats or Jimmy D's and or Tiki lounge and say they're nightclubs, but nah, they're, ba- they're those bars. Are lounges with, at yeah, most. They're lounges at most. And then like, um, like I said, 90% of my gigs now they're like, they serve food in the daytime and have an eight to midnight or, mm. um, like a brew house yep. or something like that. Where what I'm about the cigar like, bar? Cigar bars fun. So I'm playing like loungy R and B Afro beats. Oh um, yeah, stuff, little, stuff, that, piano. stuff that DJs love playing. Yeah, and you know you know how it feels to play to a room of DJs. You're play you play like you're playing to a room of DJs, but the people there are knowledgeable. It's cool to your shit. That's and cool. Ca- and they'll call you out. 
if really? you suck. Oh. So, like, in my experience, I've seen guys fail there. And, like, I don't look at it as a high-pressure gig at all, but I've been doing it a long time, and that's just, like, what I like. But, yeah, these, they'll be, like, they'll be anywhere from a fresh 21-year-old in there to, like, 60-year-old old heads. They're like, how you know this music, white boy? You know, like, they look at me like... Because you grew up on Motown. Yeah, I try to explain. I was like, grew up in a skating rink. Like, oh, okay. Your folks had records. Oh, the, 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 we had the big chest stereo. It was just, that's, that's probably has a lot to do with why my brother and I played radio station. That chest stereo was just on all the time. They loved music. Loved music, yeah. Your mom loved music. Yeah. Always, like, we'd go on, like, to the mall on the Saturday morning. It'd be 94 would be on or whatever cassette tape we had. So it was just, like, all the time. Just crazy. This being one that I what, owned. What do you think the biggest, biggest like? CDs. What were the the like your biggest DJ moments? If you had to pick some of the kind of like top, you know, wins oh. or most exciting or. I don't know, man. Uh, I've just done so much shit that, like, when you put when you put me on the spot, like twenty three years or whatever it's been, it's just a long time. Like, but I would say. This year, like I did this, um, I do this all white event, dinner and Blanc, and like just seeing oh, a thousand cool. people all in white with the with Pittsburgh as my backdrop. If you'd have told me twenty three years ago, I'd be playing to a thousand people. It's amazing downtown in Pittsburgh. I would have thought you were nuts. Like, do you, did you organize it? I did not. So it's a it's a company. Well, I it's a national. I don't want to say it's a company. I believe it's. I can't tell you where the fund goes or if it's charity based, but it's this national French company, Dinner en Blanc. Amazing. So every major city does one. It's a pop-up party that you're signing up in tiers. You have to be, A, you have to be a member that's attended before to get the first invite. Mm, it's round, like movement festival in Detroit. Yeah, round two has to be an invite from those in tier one. Yeah, that's so smart. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's genius. So they get the same people attending this party and then they can invite new people as they filter in and out. It's amazing. So, yeah. So the organizers from this year, um, I think they've done it for like the past 10 years and this was their last one. So somebody else is going to take over this event and I couldn't imagine the planning that goes into it because these, these people have done an excellent job. They're, they're amazing. So I loved working with them. Um, I know nuggets worked with them. Midas has done a few. He'll be on this month. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to tell I'm going to tell the story about how I fucked up one of the weddings he gave me. Oh no. That's pressure. You you were talking about that too about how when you put somebody else on, it's really a reflection of yourself. It really it's, is. It's very much like you're putting your your own reputation on the line when you um, recommend somebody else for a gig, which you have to do as a DJ. I mean, yeah. you're always going to have, I definitely have a list, right? I definitely have a list. Like yeah. you're going to have at least three people that you're sending gigs to, um, routinely. And it reflects, I mean, it, it's a huge reflection of your own, of yourself. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, there's a way different scale of trusting someone with someone's wedding than trusting someone, uh, with a nightclub or a lounge for three hours. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you can get away with a lot more at a, yeah, at a lounge. It's, it's like two reputations on the line and one for booking someone else. So it's just so tough to trust someone to stick in that position. So definitely crazy. It was bad, bro. I'll tell the story now. 
I it was a wet it was a Halloween wedding, and I didn't have like my main backup hard drive. I just had kind of like the music on my computer. Yeah, and I didn't have Thriller. Oh, that was a must have. This is this is before like you can download on the spot. No, there's limited to no Wi-Fi. I like there's you. it's it wasn't an option. I got you. Yikes. Could have been worse. I thought you were going to say like. Like I didn't punch the bride in the no. face. I thought maybe like the music shut off at their first dance or like you downloaded something off a of Napster and an F-bomb dropped in the middle of the song. No, nah, it wasn't that bad. I, I think my other mistake was I, I planned on setting up on the ground level like with everybody else, but I actually ended up setting up on the stage. So it was really hard for people to kind of like connect with me and see me. How do you feel about stages? There's still wedding venues that um, no matter how many times we meet with the bride and say, okay, I've played there before. Here's the recommended setup. And then you talk to them the week of, and they'll have the cookie table closer to the dance floor than you are. And you're like back tucked in this corner away, which I mean, they're not renting external sound. You're bringing your, whatever they paid for two speakers in there because you, they book one thing. And so you, you don't have enough sound to move to the dance floor. I wouldn't mind having a monitor from away. Like yeah, my music could do the talking. I would be just fine. I don't need to be seen. Yeah. But that's the time I came up to like DJing. We were tucked back in a corner, like the booth in Tiki lounge in Pittsburgh right now, you're staring at the wall up on this crow's nest away from everybody. You can't even see the dance floor from where you are. You talking about on South side. Yeah. The, it, it, it is up top, but it looks down on that little crazy it, ship's deck dance floor. You would think it does. It does not. I was just so, in there. So you were probably there for like a two-step Tuesday. Yeah. They set up a table. Oh, on word. The weekend, okay. Yeah, on the okay, weekends, okay. There's, a, there's a dedicated booth. So they actually they have people sitting where that table was for two-step, <laughs> and you're in a dedicated booth staring at the wall. Wow. Wow. So when they built that, um, this was like in the day where you'd have the dual CD player carrying in like this carpeted like i don't know 19 inch rack mixer you know so tj the dj was the dj oh, there. He's, Shout out TJ he's every the bit of six foot five yeah so he had no trouble seeing over the dance floor but like i'm five foot ten on a good day sometimes you can do like a, a video feed where like um so flats has that where yep. i'm watching downstairs till they open the upstairs everywhere else yeah yeah. does do that you could actually like build your own so um just like one piece of dj gear would be like a little usb light where you're shining it onto the setup because they don't provide enough light which is like pretty common i don't know if that's part of your gig bag yes no no light another thing would be like a little gopro or kind of like a little I external camera and and you could point it down at the dance floor and then you could have like a little feed in the corner i don't know how happy serato would be about that though probably not I'd right, probably, I'd probably run it through an iPad or phone or through the GoPro app if I were to do that. Yes, that iPad like, would be money. Do you have an like, iPad in the bag? I don't. That seems like a lot of shit to carry around for like a three-hour club gig. It's not even worth it. <laughs> just, I just want, hope they don't. I want the bare dance. minimum, and I want to not be robbed walking back to my car on Carson Street. That'd yeah, be great. I, I, I was supposed to have red on just last week. Yeah. I was supposed to have red on last week. Yeah, that's crazy what happened to him. That's nuts. You mentioned that Southside changed on that. Um, I, I should name the interview that I heard of yours. So is Steve Roshak? Rozak with the, yeah, yeah the yeah. Pol- kind of like the Polish thing. Yeah, the pit, the something pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you you mentioned that the Southside changed and you gave the year of 2013, which I thought yeah, was there fascinating. Was, there was a couple of events that I remember distinctly happening. Um, 
there started to be like violence out in the street. So, and it this, these weren't nightlife people. These were like kids congregating in the street that weren't going to bars yeah. and they weren't moving anybody. So if you'd bump somebody, Oh, you bump my girl or you looking mm. at my girl and then shots ring out. So these, so they blamed it on the nightlife. So when that happened, they hit up the fire marshal and if you were one person over, they were fining you for every person you were over fire code. They would then like, they would install like fire doors in the alleys that opened one way. So they hit these bars, with all these code violations, basically. Tell me about the fire doors. You're saying, yeah, what do you mean by that? So fire doors supposed to open outward. These, the buildings were so old, like the fire doors would either open in or be locked and you couldn't pull them. Like th- just things like that. Oh, but what you're Old saying is that it was, they were finding it was things. onious. It, it was an, it was an excessive yes. tax on the, it, on the um, venues that they would have to install new everything uh, things in order to comply. And it ended up closing down venues. Like they were venues closing down venues and people weren't dealing with it. So if they were, or if, you couldn't make enough. Here's what was, here's what was basically happening. If your venue was over, not only were they finding you, if it was 12, 15, you would pay to cover to get in. Okay. You're over 30 people. You're closed the rest of the night. Everybody out. So people wouldn't go back. They would think it's the venue's fault, like, which basically it is, but this is what was happening. And then there was um, a second event, which I didn't mind at all because I hate cigarette smoke, but people were allowed to smoke in Allegheny County and bars back then. That's when they got rid of cigarette smoking and that phased out a whole generation. So it was like a two for one punch. Yeah. And I just started seeing places right after that. Boom, 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 close or change over. Wow. Yeah. I remember it was an, it, there was a hybrid rule, like a hybrid law where if you sold a certain percentage or less of food that you could still smoke, but that was a thing for a while. I don't even I, think that's a thing anymore. I right? guess once 2013 hit no more cigarettes no more. In, in indoors anywhere. Yeah, it was like 2012, other than somewhere around there. I guess. How do the cigar bars get around it? They're, I don't know. They, I guess there's a difference between cigar smoke and cigarette smoke. And believe it or not, like when I work at the cigar lounge, anyone who's smoking a cigarette, they ask to put it out. No, you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes. No way. Yeah. So it's that that might be part of the law, too. <laughs> so if you're open as a, if you're open as a cigar lounge, you're allowed to smoke cigars, but not cigarettes. That, that's that's not possible. There's it is no no possible is, way. I have no idea. I don't know the law. I would love to know it, but I'm telling you. I've been to two of them and I've played at one of them and both places I've seen people light up cigarettes and it's immediately, Hey, put that uh, out. You can't even vape at the gold mark. Even a vape yeah, is, yeah. is shut down. And, and, and that makes sense, right? Because for the security, there's no way to tell if it's nah, vape smoke or regular smoke, et yeah, cetera. Yeah. I think that's probably the, just between that. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to make sure that things are safe. You don't want the place to burn down while everybody's inside. Yeah. And I hate cold weather, so I would never take up smoking because I don't want to have to go outside to smoke. I hate it. Why do you still live here? Uh, good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Like it's the worst winners it's, really, truly. I mean, coming back from, uh, from LA, like I said, I, I got all this gratitude for Pittsburgh, but yeah. I also had this incredible feeling of, I need sun. Like I need to be somewhere yeah. like this climate vibes with me so much more. I yeah. hate the word vibe, but it, as far as like being here, the, the weather is the only part about it. I really hate right. uh, like our family's here. Yeah. Easy. Like wife and I want to go out. Hey mom, can you come over for a couple hours? It's, it's just huge. so easy. 
hey, we're going on vacation. My brother, can you watch the dog? Like, just. I'll watch your dog, bro. Oh, yeah. You want to move to Florida? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kicked it around. I love visiting Florida. I'd kick it around. I was like, do I Mad Mike. Do? Mad Mike made it, yeah. made it work, right? Yeah. Actually, be down by him uh, a couple weeks. He's like kind of in that, on the west uh, coast there on the on the golf side yeah, yeah, so yeah I, I definitely Tampa, did, right? i definitely did get up with him uh i actually knew mike i met him like through my radio station contacts he went to wvu so when i was working for the radio station we would do remotes and i met him in the clubs down there and he was awesome like dude, dude's a, the best time ever dude i'm a really a big genuine fan. dude totally um i think he had a podcast too like way back in the day that he brought me on yeah really like he's done he's done a lot very of shit. early yeah crazy energy yeah tell me about um how, how you think about dj mixes and and edits and what you use to make them like each one kind of like what what's the technology and kind of what goes into it so if i am doing a live mix i'm recording that straight through serato and sometimes i'll put it into like uh just software like either serato studio or acid and i'll bump up the sound a little bit or add some drops here and there so if i if if i'm advertising for like a live mix that i've done somewhere i just put out a live brunch mix Dope. that that was live that, that's that, me that mixing was that red uh or uh, blue sky sally ann's yeah sally ann's oh, in, sally ann's, in, the, in the in the downtown yeah but you've played the played yacht rock too, too right yeah yacht yeah. rock was fun yeah. dude yeah shout out cat yeah amazing cat's, cat's amazing Dope. uh yeah cat's great I think you bring it up on every podcast. I want to play that show. I, I, have you I interviewed Cat? No. I think you have to have Cat on. I think it'd be cool. I mean, she has some stories. I'm sure she does, man. I've had great conversations with her. Like my my real like first time going out in Pittsburgh, I ran into her. She introduced me to Kev Reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's amazing. people like all around that support like DJs in general all around the city, but she's like number one on the list. Fly Moma Bug and and yeah. uh, Little Lucy with, Analog and are with, my number with, one and two. The thing is, like, with not following around to be a groupie, she's in it for the right reasons. She starts a part, like, she started a party this this year. She has a couple. I think she does um, a soul skate party. Yeah. Phil. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the samples. I want to play them all. I want to play the sample one. I want to play Yacht Rock. Like, this this is cool. Yeah. So, as as far as live mixes, those are live. If I want to cut a mixtape, there'll be elements of it live. Scratch is live. Transitions live. And then... Um, I'll do it one of two ways. I'll make the edits or have the edits that someone else has made, mix them live, and then chop them down. In I use all Serato Studio now for all that. Oh, interesting. So um, the main thing I like about it, everything's mixed in key without touching it unless you have to like adjust every now and then acapella or uh, instrumental is a little off, but you got to go by ear. Um, it, everything's done through there, and it, it uses your Serato library. I've never used um, iTunes or anything to sort my music. So your I, your uh, Serato library, all your crates are there. That's what you're using like to bring in all your sounds, like all your edits and things like that. And then as far as edits, I've made like my best shit just with a pair of headphones on, on a laptop, just sitting. I'm like, okay, this is a simple little thing. I'm going to plug this in right now and I can do it from anywhere. Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, and I, you can and you can yeah. fine tune it with monitors or whatever yeah, if, the, if you want to get the bass right. If so, you like make yeah, sure so like before that, um Sony Acid was is what I came up on. So my like early remixes and edits I was making on Acid. The uh software, not the drug. Although I'm sure it would I'm sure it would have sounded somewhat like the Beatles, you know. Uh and then eh. um, once the pandemic hit and Serato Studio came out, um 
I know everyone else was using Ableton. And I'm like, you know what? I really like the just th that's what jumped out of me, like using your Serato crates. So I got to learn that over the pandemic and made a couple edits, um, played them on streams. Like I was doing a wine night for a while, wine Wednesday, um, played a couple on there. And people were like, what is this? Like, where did you get this? So then like I got the contacts for some record pools and I just sent it out. And I think the first one that hit, I did um, Jay-Z song cry um and that made uh a couple different record pools like I even saw it floating around online i was like okay i have something here so then just started boom 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 from there and just um like i said when i want to do it i'll do it when i have an idea i'll plug it in and i try to double check that no one else has done the idea yet <laughs> so like cool yeah like last night i sat down and put together something really cool that i don't know if you've heard tyla water huge like afro beats pop song that's out now r&b um, just a great, Not yet. great song. And I mixed it with love by Keisha Cole. And I was like, Oh, this sounds kind of cool. So I like probably got maybe a third of the way done. I'm like, okay, I'm going to search around like on YouTube and see if anyone's done this yet. Sure enough. First video come up. Like this dude's just sitting there. He's like on Serato stems. Like I'm going to play a Keisha Cole. Boom. And then had Tyler water behind. Him. I was like, shit, just wasted an hour and a half. So that happens. Like, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of plagiarism out there, but I think a lot of it's unintentional because there's just this huge concentration of music to go through now. Totally. So. Yeah. I wonder, do you like when you're trying to find the right song to mix with, do you yeah. look at the keys and the BPMs and everything? Like, keys look the at first the, thing I look at. Yeah. Try to find and then, something. Um, song structure is another thing. And then I always like, I can break something down and add extra four bars if I need to here and there. Um, yeah, but keys, number one, sometimes I'll change the key of the vocal, um, here and there. Yeah. But yeah. But if you use, if you adjust the key without adjusting the tempo, you lose quality. Not on Serato studio. And that's another key. So when I was in acid, I would hear the muddiness. Yes. I would hear that either click, pop, jump. Yes. It's so smooth, dude. Really? Like they have a better play. algorithm? It must it's something. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The only lossless way to do it, right, is to actually like do it just to. like you were doing it you on a turntable. Yes. Increase the pitch while you increase the tempo. Yes. There's no loss of any fidelity in yeah. that way. That's what I when I used to do it with acid, I was like, transition tracks were really tough in there because you would, when you're bumping that up, it just did not sound good. Like the idea was cool, but you would all, I would almost have to do it two ways. I would have to like lay down track one in acid. Yeah. Do the transition live on a turntable, plug that in and kind of copy and paste and splice and then do the ending back in to software. Now <laughs> really it's, it's a one-stop shop. Yeah. It's uh -huh. just, and then with studio as well, if you have any Serato uh, hardware, uh, I'm looking at your Rain 70 right now. Yeah. You can plug in your Rain 70 and you can play your pads on your Rain 70 like you would an MPC and you can, instead of painting in beats. Does it record everything it like does. the way that Ableton Bridge used to? Do you remember that? Yeah. It would yeah. record every yeah. movement of every fader and you could yeah. actually see it in Ableton yes. and uh, readjust it if yes. you didn't like the curve of the... Of the effects or whatever. Yeah, the mastering's not great in it. You almost need to put it like back into SoundForge or something, whatever mm. you're using. But um, yeah, that's the one thing that that I would probably add. But it's still its infancy. That that's program's cool. two years old, wow. and it's just incredible. Wow. Yeah. 
Serato Studio. Serato Studio. Dope. Big fan. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, for sure. But ex- expensive? No. No more expensive than uh Than Serato. Club Kid or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A couple hundred bucks and, yeah. and you're done. Yeah, it's like, figure what you spend on a record pool. Like, it's definitely worth it. Are you part of any record pools? Or how are you getting your yeah. MP3s? Uh, mostly record pool. And then there's a couple secret shops out there, you know. A couple uh, little sneaky places. Um, like, as far as checking charts, um, Spotify, Apple Music, seeing what's popping and, like, asking DJs, okay, what are you playing here? Like, what song is going on for you right now? Like I said, some things don't hit here. Like uh, some of that new Travis Scott I've tried playing here, and they're like people in like Chicago are like, oh yeah, that song I play like at one thirty, it's like the biggest song. Like I can't play it. Like I play it here in crickets. Yeah, Pittsburgh's so, unique. Pittsburgh's yeah, yeah. definitely unique. Like you can play old shit here. What was the big you conversation? Could always play, you in, could always play old shit here. Always. The big conversation on um, Five on Five podcast about, um, I don't know if you ever needed this. But it's all about um, no hands. Like the just heard that. dude is I mad. Was, I just heard somebody say it was. Yeah, I must dude have seen is a clip. mad as hell that the opener played no hands. Yeah. Before he went on, it was DJ XL. It was his tweet. Here's DJ XL was mad that the opener played no hands. I can agree with that, but I probably would never bring it up because XL is an excellent DJ. His program is really good. But like, if 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 I get burned, I'm gonna find something else to fit, and I don't give a shit about playing a song again. Hey, that's the best point right there. If it Bonics, hits that hard. Bonics and I have talked about this. He's, I was like, where, where does this rule come from? Is it, there's all these unwritten DJ rules. You can't play a song two times one night. Like, Bonix and I talked about it. It's like, the hell you can't. <laughs> I saw Jay-Z and Kanye, The Throne. You were at the show? And they played Paris eight times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. You and were there? People were dancing in the aisleways. Yes. Which Which venue? Uh, PPG paints, PPG paints. Holy shit. So our seats were excellent too. We were like, we're behind where the hockey goal would be on the upper level yep. along the rail front first row. Were you just as hype on the seventh oh, time? It was nuts, dude. Nuts. There's no dip at all. In, just doing, in how hype you were. He was just doing again, again, again. They would get to like the Kanye verse after Kanye's verse. Jay-Z would go again. Boom. <sighs> The one thing that was tough about that show, there was no, there was no opener, but the, the music they were playing was like, they were just playing like slow soul music for three hours. Like, and they came on late. I'm sure they came out super late, super late. <laughs> and, and the only thing they Pittsburgh. did was play Paris eight times. Yeah. yeah Jackson, show. Tyson, yeah. Jordan game six. What would be up here if we didn't have like all these lyrics and song data and BPMs and who sings this and the Millie Vanilli girl, you know, it's true that you have laying here right now. Like we didn't know that song. I, uh, I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but I've actually become aware that I have some kind of neurologic process or problem because you're some sort of brain doctor where I hear music in my brain. 24 7 you click your teeth when you do when you hear it to try to play like the beat sometimes a little yeah yeah yeah. or like when i'm not asleep or listening to music there's either like a two bar or four bar loop of something and it's usually pop music yeah the catchiest part of the song well it's crazy my my six-year-old has it she has it and she met she she remembers this so she will hear a song in target she'll be like dad that's that song we heard last year in target do you remember and she's correct, and she could tell you who sings it. I've only told her one time, so she she has it. 
Wow. So for what that's worth, I was talking about like my dad being a drummer. Wow. Being hereditary. It's crazy. I know Alex Rivera's dad was a DJ. Yeah, and Dapp's. Dapp's dad was, yeah. Yeah, both, both from New York. Yeah. That's who's coming to snake our gigs. Just these New York, like <laughs> these, these New York DJ babies flying in from Brooklyn and just yeah, yeah. taking all our work. Now we have to be teachers well, and neurologists. Yeah, yeah. They're really good, though, so I don't care. <laughs> and Alex, even though he's he's finally 30, I think he just turned 30. Yeah. He's still, he's like the baby. He's still, you know. I, I totally agree. I have a lot to learn from both those dudes. Um, Dad put me on one of his parties recently. It was cool. cool. It was fun. But I forgot my um, computer charger, so that's probably why he hasn't called me back. You got to bring at least two. I think there's like, yeah, like backups are pretty important for DJing. I, I, I so my controller, um, apparently Pioneer outsources like through this electronics company. So you can't order extra parts through Pioneer. You have to go through there, whoever deals them that makes the parts. So to get an extra power supply, I was like, it's, it's not like a three prong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? Like a little AC adapter? Yeah, a little AC uh, adapter for miserable. my controller. That's terrible. Yeah. It's like that needle could like pop, pop right out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the so, best one is my 56 back here. Do you remember the power uh, supply on it? I had the 57 and that was different, right? The, the 50, 56 the is a fucking phone jack, bro. Oh, it's a literal phone jack. No, it isn't. It is. And it's so sick. You know, phones are powered. Yeah. 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 This thing has that as its power. I had no idea. Yeah. It's impossible to get though. So I had to actually get it on eBay like a decade ago for so, 150 bucks. The club I used to play at had the 56. That was the, that was the install. So sick. It's one of my favorite mixers and I'm actually really excited to have it like as my party setup for my home. So whenever I have like a entertaining space, yeah. I'm going to have 45s that people can just grab and play I'm trying to with a 56. I'm trying to figure out what the disconnect was because the 57 was laid out similar, but the sound was different. And I thought the 56 was more buttery, if that makes sense. It's one of my favorite mixers, man. I have the um, up faders, like the joints where it switches from. Um, what do those things switch from? I think they switch from like analog to digital so that you can play CDs or turntables maybe there's a switch on the back isn't it? yeah there's probably a switch. no it's it's it, it's right here and oh. there's like two little up faders that you can push oh, them up you're, you're right you're right but i have them turned a little bit because uh, i took the fucking thing apart so yeah, many times i was just like i'm gonna just fuck this up and so i have them angled 45 degrees out so mine go instead nice. of so <laughs> you've o you've opened up mixers and cleaned them out and all this before. you have to okay, okay you okay. have to so i bought this pdc now has this mixer by the way i had the vestax 05 that i bought third hand Third hand, mind you. And I know the dude that sold it to my dude yeah. was what? into some shit. Uh -huh. So I'm like, okay, this is sticking a little bit. I'm going to open this mixer up. So I open so that the, the, it was built to, it had two different trays on it. So it had the, the top, what, what you would see with all the paint on it, with your fader things and all that. So you'd take that piece off and there'd be another black piece under it that you pull off. Uh, kind of like a sleeve, like underneath the turntable. I think it was probably for vibration or something. And inside the mixer was just like crack or some shit, like cocaine, just powder everywhere. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. I'm like, I'm like this kid living at home. I'm like a 20 year old kid living at home. I'm like, holy shit. Like straight in the vacuum, didn't yeah. You didn't. I wasn't partaking. You didn't no. check? No, I did not check. I didn't taste it like they do on the movies. Like, yeah, yeah, a little gummy. What do they call it? Nummy? Yeah, no. Nummy. Yeah, I didn't rub it on my gums. It was probably asbestos, dude. <laughs> it kind of had the yellowest tint to it. I don't think it was asbestos. I can't feel my face. Yeah. What he said, well, yeah. That, Little Nas X has a powerful dream. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wasn't talking about the funny part. I was talking about the the part where he said you think about you're living in you gotta like how do he put it? You're living in someone you don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. you're living in someone's yes. dream. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think that's yeah. so true because you know, the way I conceptualized it as a kid was like I'm the only real person. Everybody else is an angel sent yeah. to test me. And it's this incredible egocentrism or self-centeredness, which we all have. You don't get it till you get older, though, really, you know, when it, you have experience. I think your experiences. At, at some point you realize that everybody is just as real as you are. Correct. Every other human being on the planet has motivations, desires, wishes, and, yeah. and, and a soul really is the way I conceptualize it is like they all have a soul. Everybody has a little bit of godliness in them, except for the dude who checks me out at the Macy's in South Hills mall. <laughs> that dude, I am confident he is a non-player character, man. Yeah. I just, I don't know. There's something about him that it's the, the way he greases his hair, the smile, the fact he never gives me a discount. Why do you keep going to that counter? <laughs> Is there only one counter? There it's, is. It's, isn't it three floors? <laughs> it's three floors, and you keep going back to the guy, so you're the problem. Here, I psychoanalyze you. Brain, brain man. <laughs> Hot water burn, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, the way he graces his hair. What else could possibly be wrong with this? It's his smile. Something about his smile. And the and the fact he doesn't give me a discount all he, really upset me. And he's gonna listen to this. No, he goes. He goes. He goes. I don't just give discounts away. Well, <laughs> you have to use your Macy's rewards, dude. I was I was heated. I was heated. I wasn't happy about it. Uh, who are the DJs either in Pittsburgh or really anywhere that you've looked up to from the beginning, and then now? Who are the people who inspire you and continue to inspire you? So first of all, there was. Um, Growing up and like we grew up in a, like a small community. I'm sure you've talked to Nugget about like Slickville. Yes. Nugget and I have like this parallel life where he grew up in this small coal mining town. I grew up in this small coal mining town. And like the fact that we like there was no internet back then. We had basically MTV and local radio was like it. The fact that we knew like all these hip hop artists and shit and brought up on that and like it's just crazy. Like naturally like the jazzy Jeffs of the world and like kid Capri. I always knew who that was. Like Nick nice was the first dude I probably heard on radio. And then we had this group of brothers, like that DJ, the local high school dances and they, they mixed songs together. Like they were the first guys I saw mixing. And then, um, Ben McMillan, I mentioned earlier, he's now a wedding photographer. Um, who says it's less pressure than DJing weddings, by the way. That's dope. That's you know, dope. I love that. All their work's done after, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing all your editing after. But yeah, uh, yeah like um, all those guys, Dave Plavy, whose parents owned the under 21 club I used to DJ at, like put me put me on early, like our small town, like all our local high schools would congregate to this under 21 area, which was like the shit. I bet. Like it was just yeah. crazy. So like those dudes, uh, AM, like, right? Like crazy. Yeah, absolutely started it all, right? Yeah. I mean, in terms of like the blog house era yeah. and just having this idea that a DJ could be a yeah. superstar. And then like seeing these larger than life personalities, um, Lacey Neff, who was our program director at WVQ, he since passed away. Great dude. He just had this crazy, just nobody had a voice like him. It was like 
Fergie and Jesus mixed into one. <laughs> but he was like this this crazy voice and just seeing him, you knew he was somebody. He walked into a room and he was somebody. And like just knowing like now, like you're on the same level as these dudes, like and everybody's so down to earth. Like I think we're pretty fortunate in um Pittsburgh to have like not only these we're very good DJs here. And a lot of them fly into the radar and most people have never even heard of them. Like you said about not putting names on the flyer, like these dudes are rocking parties. You don't know who they are. Uh, I mean, we know because we're in the mix, but the average person doesn't like, it's crazy. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild to live in a city with select uh, nugget and yeah. then Bonnick's now coming back like yeah. once or twice a month. Yeah. It's great. Like I just saw him by accident, like three times in the past six months. And it's been like, it's like, holy shit, dude, I've not seen you this much in the last four years. It's yeah, it's nice. We're just so fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also a little bit of a lack of upward mobility when you're talking about like the AMs, the people that were like actual rock stars. Where would you go if you were here and you wanted to do that? If you really wanted to start playing 5,000 venue clubs every kind of, you know, every weekend or something like that. There's there's only a couple ways to do that now. It's like the putting out mixes and getting noticed, putting out edits and getting noticed or being on a reality show. <laughs> right. So like, but that's really not what I'm in for, for, and don't necessarily want that attention. Like as a DJ, you know that you can rock the party It take you a couple hours, like come down off that high when you get home. But if like you're walking around and no one really knows who you are, you don't get bothered. So you go from like being like the center of all this attention to no one knowing who you are. And you're like, come home and you're like, all right, family's in bed. I got to like take three hours and just turn myself off from this craziness that just happened, especially like on a great night. It just takes a while to come down. You ever drive home in silence? No, but I don't listen to music ever. Uh, it's always like stern or comedy or podcasts. Yeah. I don't, I don't really listen to music in the car. Definitely. Like after you kill the gig, you're like, I already did that. Like it's time to get away yeah. from the noise yeah. and just kind of, yeah, and it's it's crazy, like, perception of how you do at a gig and perception of what a crowd thinks of you sometimes. Because there's times where I've thought, I was like, oh, man, I bombed, I bombed that. Like, okay, train wrecked that one by accident, missed this cue point. And, like, the bartenders or security and even, like, patrons go, dude, that was the best I've ever heard you play. Like, it would be crazy tonight. Like, so just perception of someone not in the know next to someone in the know is just wild. I'll know. But yeah, play. I always have this philosophy: play like you don't know who's there. Oh, absolutely! No, that's so true for for bands, for anyone yeah. in art at all. You have no idea who's out there. You have no idea. And in um, Pittsburgh, we're playing the, like on a on a Saturday night. You're playing a four hour set. We don't have openers here, so you're playing two hours. There might be three people in the place. There might be ten people downstairs if you're playing an upstairs joint. You just never know who's there, so you can't just fudge up. I don't put on a mix and like call it a day for two hours till it gets busy. Totally. Yeah. Don't phone it in. What uh, other advice do you, would you have for up and comers? Do it the right way. Go out and hear other DJs play and support other people's nights. Um, ask for advice. These dudes sometimes don't are like afraid to like approach. Like, can you imagine like we know nugget pretty well. Who's the nicest person and human being ever. Like there was a time I was scared to even like go up to the booth and talk to him. Like, there's just those, 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 those times, like, don't be scared to go up and ask for advice. Do your homework. Not, not while they're DJing though. No, not while they're DJing. I'm saying like, hang out after, um, if they put you on, don't leave, stick around. 
like I can't tell you who these dudes were because they're not DJs anymore, but there was times we had openers. They would bring in a crowd. I can think of one time and it was, it was a huge night. I was playing at nugget and Andy spot um, scenario. And it was the night of a fashion show. So I knew there were like celebs coming in. So they had booked like this. There was a contest where they offered like these college kids. I was like, hey, okay, you won this contest. You're going to come in and open. So these dudes came in and they're just playing like the biggest club bangers, like right at 10 PM. And they yeah. brought in two, two VIP booths. So the kids are spending money. Right. So like it's 11, 15, 11, 30. I'm like, okay guys, I'm going to plug in here. And they had their controller. So I'm like plugging in turntables, like while they're playing, I'm like, okay guys, I'm gonna jump on in 15 minutes. So like 11:45 hits and the place is getting packed. I was like, "All right guys, last song." Like, <laughs> "No, we're playing to midnight." Oh Jesus. And I went, "What?" I'm like, "No, he told us we're on to midnight." I went, "No, I'm playing next. I'm playing right now." I'm like, "You then they they like ignored me." So, I had two options. I could have pissed nugget off yeah. in a full crowd and pulled their USB and just been in silence for like whatever. Yeah. Or just let them do it. So, let me guess what you did. So here's what I, I let them do it. So here's what happened. So the place is fine. I jump on, hit whatever. It's good for like two songs. They brought, let's say, 40 people. All 40 of those people, once they took their controller out, followed them out the front door. You would have thought a charter bus came in. Like, they just didn't know any better. These kids did not know, like, okay, yeah. I'm going to stick around and see the headliner play. They had no clue. Like, no etiquette. Yep. No, hey, do you need a drink? None of that. So like, maybe you should have let them keep rocking. I was thinking about this with my buddy. Yeah. Uh, and Marcus. I, have zero, I have zero ego. Like, it's not even about that. It's of course, like, of course I was rocking with my dude, Marcus Harris. I used to DJ for a lot of different bands. So I was part of MH the verb His his band. That's we, really fun. We tour around. Yeah, it's fun. And, um, basic sickness is the other one. I think he released a new song today. Shout out basic. So I was at this out in the middle of a field somewhere, you know, one of those gigs maybe in iowa who knows we were djing i think it was probably erie actually i think it was erie yeah, yeah erie pa for the roar on the shore so it was like the same okay. weekend when all the motorcycle people come that's fun maybe march that's a fun crowd um, yeah it was an amazing time we're out in the middle of the woods like cool little venue little dip it was like with 814 base crew or whatever the hell they're called i don't remember the names of all those guys anymore but um we were djing and like doing our thing and people were jamming but then like at some point during my set I just noticed people started turning around and like we're facing the back and I'm like, this is so weird. Like I've never DJed for a crowd where people are just like <laughs> not looking at me at yeah. all. But then it was like a hundred percent of the people were looking away from me and I had my headphones on and I kind of like take them off and I look up and a truck with a flatbed had pulled up with a complete full band with oh giant speakers. <laughs> They were playing. That's much worse. Fucking sick ass. You're set, kidding dude. me. I was just like, I guess my set is over, bro. That's a yeah. That's <laughs> that's almost unbelievable. It was crazy, man. But it was like very like Jamaica sound system culture, right? It's like if your sound system is smaller, you're gonna lose. Like yeah, that oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. like that yeah. is what it is. And um, that's a great story. <laughs> Have you ever told anybody that? No, I never. I never told that one ever. That should be number one. <laughs> It reminded me of when I was at Bonnaroo and Das Racist had everybody turn around. They were like, all right, for this record, everybody's going to face the fountain. I saw the Bonnaroo lineup today. It was not impressive. Like, no hip-hop, really. I didn't even look at it yet. It was just like, you know, all electronic music and rock. And for me, 
I don't want to hang out with those people all weekend. I want to mix. Like I want some hip hop, some yeah. some house music. Anyway, this has been really fun, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for great. coming on. Thank you for having me. Let's get a picture. Any any uh, uh, advice for people who want to get involved and, and hear your music and follow you? Yeah, check djstevespin.com. Uh, I got mixes everywhere there is to have mixes. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at djstevespin. Let's. All right, brother. Go. Let's go to bed. Night. Bye. Zach.